being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. The Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560, The Source. All right, we're back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Lines open, 303-477-5600. Question of the day is what... What mode in your vehicle do you like driving in? Comfort, normal, sport? I forgot one, and somebody just uh, texted in and said they like the tow haul mode. That's a very good mode. Okay, so That's there's one. Justin's in fact, favorite mode. So that is my, my favorite mode. On my Colorado, I like the tow haul with the engine brake button on. Yep. Because yeah. I don't ever have to hardly use the brakes. Yep. I can just you know almost coast to a stop because the engine brake does all the work, and away we go. Done That's deal. A, yeah, the hybrids with regenerative braking. Same deal. same deal. Yeah, my on the bolt. It's okay. So the bolt. When you drive the bolt, there's a little lever on the left hand side. Right. It's hard, hard to explain, but it's like it's like where the shift, you know, paddle shifters would normally be. But the bolt has a has a lever on the left hand side where you if you pull it back, it regenerative brakes more than it would normally. It like adds regenerative braking if you would. It's sort of like that that uh, engine brake on a diesel truck, kind of a similar situation. My problem is when I get in any after after I've driven that for a couple of days, once I steal it from my wife. If I get in that couple of days, the next car I get in, I'm always on the left-hand side trying to hit the stupid brake to slow down. It ain't there. Yeah, like driving a clutch and you get an automatic. You're always trying to press the pedal and there's nothing there. I'm always on my fingers. are always over here trying to get the thing to slow down. It's like, wait a minute. It ain't there. And the bolt, doesn't it have modes for bridging and braking, like several different levels? No. I've got a sport mode in it, which makes it faster. Right. And then I've got the, the lever on the left. Well, now, if I leave it in sport mode, it will actually slow down. As well, you know, more effectively in the regenerative braking, or I can use a little lever on the left-hand side, which is weird because that's becoming more automatic. Most of the EVs now are just including the regenerative braking. As soon as you let off the gas, it's pretty much doing – it's slowing down for you, doing everything you need to, where really you're driving it almost off the pedal itself, the right. accelerator pedal, hardly ever hitting the brake. Like a golf cart. Yeah, very much like and, a golf and cart. And some of them have, you can go in the settings and they have different levels for braking, you know, one, one through four. That on BMW it. I drove, for example, that 5 Series had a similar situation with it as well. And it was one where you didn't ever have to hardly step on the brake pedal. You just you just let on and off the the, the brake, or on and off the gas, I should say. It's not gas. On and off the accelerator, accelerator pedal. Yeah. Got to keep, got to call it the gas pedal because it's not a gas pedal. It's the accelerator pedal. It's just an input device. Uh, it's exactly. That's all it is. So, all right. So I've got something I wanted to go over today just because it's, I think it's a, a lesson to be learned. Um, and, and I could play the video, but I won't because most videos that are out there on the Internet, they've got colorful language and you can't really hardly replay them, which if people really thought about that for a second – if they wanted to have more coverage of their social media and their video, they would clean up their language because then people mm-hmm. like me could actually take their sob story and put it on air. But because there's enough colorful language, you can't do that. I'll have to explain. So this is a particular individual that had an engine replacement at a GM dealership. Now, I don't know if it was a Chevy or a you know Cadillac or whatever, but at a GM dealership. Sounds like a Chevy dealership, but I don't know that for sure. And evidently... 
they did not have, because some of the comments that came in after the fact say this particular engine's on some sort of a national back order. So since they couldn't get the engine from General Motors, they had a subsequent aftermarket engine that they got a hold of and put in the vehicle. And evidently, there's been nothing but problems with the with the vehicle and the engine after doing the aftermarket engine and so on and so forth. And point being, this particular video is about this lady wanting to sue General Motors over this engine replacement. What she's missing is you're not going to sue GM over them putting in a non-GM crate engine in your vehicle. If the vehicle, which in this case was used, and they put now, if it's under warranty, that's a whole different ball game. You might be able to go back to GM and get some recourse there, but that's not the case here. This was a used vehicle. She had a problem with it. They put an engine in it. They didn't put an actual GM crate engine, which the dealership told her it was going to be a GM crate engine. So there is a problem there. But my point is, she's trying to sue the wrong people. General Motors themselves is not 100% responsible for everything their dealership does. There's some anonymity there. They provide products. They sell them products that they can then resell. But how the end result turns out is up to the dealership themselves. It's not You're not going to go after General Motors for a dealership putting a non-GM part on your car and then you having problems with it, is my point. She's trying to sue and going after the wrong people. She needs to go after the dealership themselves not General Motors. Does that all make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did I explain that correctly? Yeah. The dealership should be willing to you know, contact the manufacturer. If it is an actual motor issue, You know, a good dealership should be trying to contact that manufacturer, say, hey, we're having an issue with your engine. Um, can right. you please warranty out the engine? And um, if not, you go you know, as a provider, because you guys have done this as a provider, if you're not getting any headway with that particular engine manufacturer, you go find someone else, you pull that engine out, you put another engine in, you then go fight on your behalf to get you know repaid for whatever you've already done. But the end result is you're trying to take care of the customer the best way you can, and that's how you would handle it. And that's, it, I'm speaking from experience. There's times where you're not making headway with the first part you bought. Okay, then you go buy somebody else's part, get the customer handled. You go back and fight on your own behalf on the original repair, but in the end, get the customer taken care of. Am I right? Right. Yeah, I'm surprised the dealership's not more willing to help, especially with... Well, and in defense of the dealership, because I also know how things work in real life, there's mm-hmm. always two sides to every story. Now, true. we're being told on social media that she was told it was not a GM engine and blah, 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 blah. Well, again, I wasn't there. I didn't hear the conversation. I don't see the you know I don't see the receipt in front of me. I, I really have no idea what all's gone on on that, and I would have to see the other side of the story before making any judgment calls as to what's gone on and who's really at fault. Now, I will say that if somebody puts money into a vehicle, they expect to have a certain result. They've paid for an engine, whether it from whether it's from GM or not. You know, it shouldn't in this case it shouldn't leak oil and have other problems after the fact and so on and. I fully get that. And in that particular case, yes, there's a problem, Justin's, to Justin's point. You need to get in and get it resolved. My point is, when you see some of the things on social media and you look at the people that are actually going after and trying to sue, they're usually inaccurate in the people that are actually trying to sue because this person's all after GM and trying to get all up in GM's face. It's not Chevy or GM's fault. It's, the, it's on the dealer level is my point. Mm-hmm. So I'm not familiar with the video, but is this a situation where they put an engine in it and now the radio's not working, or is it a... No, it's got oil leaks. It's got oil leaks. It's got some engine issues after doing that, yes. Just wanted a little background on that. Yeah, so it it does have, according, again, I don't know 
haven't seen the vehicle, don't know if, again, there's all sorts of things that can happen. And I, I've learned this over the years when it comes to vehicles. You know, e- even if I were a meat eater, I'd have to see both sides of everything. Mm-hmm. In fact, if I was a meat eater, I'd, I'd even want to see the vehicle myself. I want to look at it, see what's mm-hmm. going on. Is it really leaking? So on and so forth. I mean, not saying that customers lie, but sometimes they do. So I'd want to see the vehicle for myself to really see what's going on, what's the real issue, and so on, and then make a judgment call on what needs to happen next if I was the guy doing the mediating is how I would do it. And I don't think I'm wrong in what I just said, by the way. Not at all. Because people do lie at times. So anyways. Uh, By the way, somebody texted in listening in Goodland, Kansas. Thank you, by the way. I appreciate that. Can you talk again about fluids that never need to be changed? And uh, somebody says, you're not much of a forward guy. Are you? You sure as heck don't much care for the Bronco. No, I really don't care much for the new Bronco. Now, a lot of people love the Bronco, and I'm not saying I hate the Bronco, but is the Bronco a vehicle I would own? No, the Bronco is not a vehicle I would own. There's enough things with it that I just don't care for that it would not be a vehicle for me. Now, does that mean I hate the Broncos? No, it doesn't mean I hate the Broncos or that I hate Ford. There's a lot of products that Ford makes that I think they do a really good job of. So, no, I'm not, not ditzing Ford at all, somebody else, the same the same texture says, speaking of Ford, what do you think about their new program for vehicles to repossess them? They had came up with a patent, by the way, for those of you maybe that don't know that. Ford's come out with a patent where they can take a vehicle. This is the patent. They haven't designed or made these vehicles yet, but their patent is if you miss a payment, probably more than one, but if you miss payments and they've got to come get the vehicle, the vehicle will just drive itself to the place it needs to be repossessed at, and they don't ever have to come pick the vehicle up with a tow truck. We might want to get the self-driving car thing down Figure it out first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and in Ford's defense, they're just looking to the future, trying to be ahead of everybody else so that when that time comes that Justin just mentioned, which it will, they're one step ahead of it. So, again, yeah, I'm definitely not against Ford. I'm not a huge fan of the Bronco. I think the Bronco's got some issues with it, even some design flaws personally that I could even get into when I do the review on that Bronco on Monday. Uh, There's some things with it that I just don't care for but light you know fluid fluids never be lifetime fluids fluids that never need to be changed um let's talk about that for a moment because we did this a little bit last week and you guys already know my feelings on this but i'll tell you straight up there's no such thing there are not um i've taken some oil classes and some fluid classes the manufacturer just needs to get you out of their warranty period which that fluid may get you out of their warranty period but what's going to happen after that Um, especially in colorado driving on you know, I-70, getting over these hills, especially like transmission fluids, you are breaking that fluid down mm-hmm. faster than you are anywhere else in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to make a note of what Justin said, it's not only in the warranty period, and I don't know what this time frame is. I should look this up. But on the window sticker itself, on the Monroney, you'll have a total cost of ownership number there mm-hmm. for things like Justin is talking about. I don't know if that's through the warranty period or if they give you a five-year period or a 10-year period. I have to look at that and see. But that number on the window, they're also, to Justin's point, not only trying to get you out of the warranty period, but they're trying to get that total cost of ownership lowered. And we'll look that up as to what that time frame is. But to your point, Justin, all they're trying to do is get you beyond what that is so they can get that number on the sticker as low as they can. So as you're comparative shopping and you look at that number, which most people don't, but if you do look at that number, they're trying to be in line or better than the next guy. I'm sure that timeline is uh, in their favor. 
Yeah. Um, I'm guessing it very much is. So we'll look that up and give you exactly what that answer is. Again, anything else you need, give us a call. We'd love to take care of whatever question you've got. I know it's a beautiful day outside, and a lot of you guys are outside doing things. But if you have a question on the car or anything uh, involving it, new use, buying, selling, you name it, whatever it happens to be, let us know. There's some tips we'll give you along those lines as well. Even if you do go to sell a car, we'll let you know what that is. And or something else that we have just experienced here recently, which is sort of a refresher as to how this works, a car that gets wrecked and totaled. We can get into some of those things as well. 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio. Take advantage of Geno's Alignment and Tire Rotation Special for $99.99. Snow has stayed on the ground thanks to cold temperatures, creating potholes and other driving hazards. We all know tires have a way of finding those holes, wreaking havoc on your car's suspension. Also know that an Alignment and Tire Rotation will help get even wear and longer life out of your tires. For over 40 years, Geno's Auto Service has been serving Littleton and customers along the front range. As members of Colorado Select Auto Care, we'll back up our work with Napa's nationwide peace of mind warranty. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Don't forget to check out all Geno's Google reviews for a good snapshot of the business. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. We are AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Take advantage of Geno's 99.99 alignment and tire rotation special. Some restrictions apply. See Geno's for details. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. 
Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. All right, here we are. Back at it, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for listening. We do appreciate it very much. Myself, Justin from Ridgeline Auto Brokers up in Boulder, Josh Goff also from Ridgeline and Legacy Automotive in Boulder as well. Both those guys can be found on our website. Doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. What is the weather in Florida like today, Mike? You're going to make us jealous. It's 75 degrees, Mm. and it's a little windy. They They got the riptides going on at the beach, so... They don't want you going in the water. Well, you're still better than us. We're only 41, so you're you're still way better than we are. <laughs> hey, I got a question. I own a, a 2018 uh, Tucson Hyundai Tucson. Okay. And, and I got like 38,000 miles on it, and I had it for five years now. When do you recommend to do the uh, transmission ser- a change or, or or service? You know, is your are you going to a private shop or are you going to the dealer for service? No, there's actually, I found a, down here, there's a Napa Auto Care Center I've been taken to get the oil changes done. That's, so I that's didn't know perfect. Are, are they taking a fluid sample when you go in for your oil change? Are they looking at the color of that, or do they have the option to send it out to somebody? I don't know. I guess i got to ask them that. I've been putting that BG stuff in there. You know, before I get mm-hmm. a change, I put it in there. I've been doing all that. The BG so stuff have, is going to help. That's going to help for sure. It's got some friction modifiers in it. I personally am in every 30,000 miles, which may be premature, but that fluid service is a whole lot cheaper than a transmission. Yeah, that's what I was kind of, because it's already, it says on the book 60, you know, and I'm going, well, it's already been five years. Yeah, I think I would just have them look at it, and if it looks remotely darker, I would get it done. Oh, okay. Because I like... Every car I've ever done, 30,000-mile services on the transmission, they always make it pretty clo- much close to 250, 300,000. Yep. And the guys who always go out 60, 90K between transmission services, that car's done 120. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I'll, I'll ask some guys to, uh, next time I get the oil change, I'll ask them to look at the transmission and see what they, or do you just suggest I just tell them to, because it has 38 on it. I would, if you're 38, almost a 40, I would get done, especially if you do a lot of, you know, city driving, where it's constantly shifting all Mm -hmm. the time. Oh, yeah, and it's kind of, it gets warm down here, you know, it gets like 90 degrees or so, too, during the summer. Right, and that that stuff, too. That kind of heat and that kind of shifting and and everything else, I would, I'd probably just get it done. Yeah, I agree with Josh. Probably around would probably be what around forty thousand miles, anyways. Or yeah, you're only a couple yeah. couple hundred dollars to get it done. Versus cost of transmissions has gone up quite a bit. A lot. Oh yeah, I'd rather pay that than uh, than like you said a transmission, mm-hmm. a whole new one, a rebuilt one or whatever they do. And they're not cheap anymore. So. Oh no, I can imagine. All right. Well, that, that's basically the only question I had. I mean, other than that, that BG stuff seems to be working. Good with the oil thing and the, and the fuel and all that stuff. 
Yeah, and, and make sure when they do that transmission service, they're using BG products with it too, because they have. There's a you know, when we do one, we put a flush in it first. So you, you start to you pour it in and you let the transmission run with this BG product in it, and then you do the flush and you flush that out, and then when you put the new fluid in, there's also a BG product that goes in with it at that time to help maintain the transmission. So, and Mike also asked them when they do that service, there there are some guarantees. Uh, if you were to lose that transmission early, as long as you're following the BG intervals, I think they'll give you a $4,000 uh, guarantee on that transmission not to fail. Okay, and then, uh, well, I'll give them a call and see if they do that. If not, I can just, can I just get that, can I just uh, buy that stuff like on Amazon or whatever, and then... Uh, no. And then just put, have them put it in? You cannot. Uh, if you buy any BG products on Amazon, it's coming from a provider that's not an authorized BG reseller. They've either got some imitation products, some counterfeit product, or they're just not authorized to sell it. You need to buy that from either a shop that is on the BG network down in your area, Mike, and a lot of the Napa stores nationwide carry BG as well. Okay. Uh, I'll, uh, like, uh, I'll give them a call then when, it's, when, when I get the oil change and then... Okay, and I'll ask them about that BG stuff that's put in the... And you're in Fort Wall. There, there's plenty of people down there that'll have BG. That's not a problem. Okay. Well, that sounds great. All right, Mike. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. And real quick, too, I want to make sure that I was clear on something, too. And this is something that I I double-checked. So I pulled the Monroney up just to double-check to make sure that I was accurate. They've got the annual fuel cost and where you're at compared to other vehicles on fuel... As far as the maintenance costs, they're doing that by technically, quote-unquote, third-party providers, and there is no standardization as to whether they're using 75, 90, 110, 150, but what they're, what they're doing is still giving those costs to sites like Edmunds and so on to actually figure out the total cost of ownership. So they're still playing that game, but no, it is not on the window sticker, but the annual fuel costs are. Bill and Centennial, you're next. Hello, Bill. Oh, Bill, are you there? Uh, I bought uh, that 22 GMC Acadia yes. with 6,000 miles, and I want to get a copy of the uh, Moroni sticker, but I'll, I go on a website, and all these websites want you to sign up for a subscription. You should be like able to get it for free. Um where do I go to to be able to get it for free? I don't want to sign up for a subscription. I knew you were going to ask me that. I tell you, Bill, send me the VIN number of your car. Okay. And between myself or, or Justin, we can get that for you. Yeah. I, I know the sites to go to, and we can get that for you. Bill, if you okay, want to give well, me a call. Uh, what email or what do I send it to to you there, John? Start it with me, and I can send it off to Justin. That's probably the easiest way to yeah, do it, perfect. Bill. Just send it to John, J-O-H-N, at drive-radio.com, or, you know, drive-radio.com. Drive hyphen okay. Yeah, just send it to Thank me and I'll get it I to you. Appreciate it, John. Between between Justin and I, we'll get you figured out. But we yeah, we can find that for you. Okay. Thank you much. I you betcha, Bill. It. Appreciate it. Yeah. So any of that kind of stuff, even on a used car, uh, much to what Justin just said a moment ago. Where if you want some of that, we can't get you, of course, all of the original paperwork on a car, but window stickers, things like that, those are available to be retrieved and so on. Now they're not easily accessible, and a lot of sites will want to charge you to do that but there are some things we can still get for free now question i've got for you guys on owner's manuals because i haven't checked this for a while if you're missing an owner's manual in a car do you have to pay for that or can you get one free from the manufacturer i think you have to pay for it it depends so i was on toyota site the other day Mm -hmm. and 
within the last 10 years, you can kind of download it. Uh-huh. Uh, Ford was the same. Okay. So, but like a, like it, it's PDF. only going to in PDF file. So yeah. you're not going to get the actual book. The, you want a book, you're, you're gonna, paying for a you're book, gonna right? You're going to have to go in and get and pay for it. Okay. And side. just for a lot of you listening, too, not every manufacturer now gives you a book. Some give you an a app. jump drive. Some give you an app. The The owner's manual may be in the app. Uh, sometimes you've got to go to the website. I mean, it just depends on the manufacturer. You'll notice in some cases you may not see an owner's manual, and that may be a vehicle that it never came with one. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot still are, to their credit, which, by the way, I think, personally speaking, I think you should have a printed owner's manual. Here's why. You may be off someplace, I don't know, maybe you're in a four-wheel drive and you're off on some trail somewhere, and something happens and you need to still look something up. Well, if you don't have service and you don't have all those other devices I just said a moment ago with you, or you're just not a technology guy, you still need something to open up and look at for whatever reason it may be. And Even guys like us, well, probably especially guys like us. I actually refer to the manual a lot. Especially, I drive a lot of different new cars and so on, so I'm thumbing through the manual quite often, but... How many people actually read the owner's manual? Oh, it's amazing how many. Don't. I opened a glove box on a hundred-some-thousand-mile car, and it's still wrapped it's in crystal, the cellophane. Crystal, crystal clear, right? Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> never it's been, like brand new, never, right? It's never come out of the plastic. We're so. kind of car geeks, so we yeah. read through it just for I, fun. Uh, no, I'll, I typically, if I get a new car of any kind or even the ones I drive on a regular basis, I'll thumb through there just to figure. I mean, most things are intuitive, and you can kind of figure out what's going on with what, but not everything. Sometimes I'll be thumbing through to figure out what to do with a particular item. Yeah. I will say there's a number of cars that we buy for the lot that we buy off the street or buy from auction. I don't know where the owner's manual, spare tire, or the wheel lock goes, they but they all them. seem to be missing them. So they when you're them. when you're yeah. out there looking for a used car, make sure it's got those three things. I think, and this is just real quick too. Another tip, not that I'd ever want you to do this, but hey, if crap really hits the fan, and you're out in the middle of nowhere, and you're trying to figure out how to start a fire. Well, guess what? There, guess what that owner's manual has inside of it? <laughs> yeah, paper, exactly. paper that lights on fire if need be. So, bottom line, you've also got that with you. If you absolutely had to use it, so there's there's multiple uses for one besides just figuring out what to do on the car. We all laugh, but hey, you never know. Stranger things have happened. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where some of those have gone over the years, maybe, Justin. Maybe that know. was it. I don't know. Anyways. Car wouldn't start in the woods. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, give us a call. Anything you guys need, let us know. Three zero three four seven seven five six zero zero. We'll be right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we're going to talk about one of the most expensive components in your whole car, the transmission. Specifically, the transmission fluid. You see, according to the Automatic Transmission Rebuilders Association, or ATRA, the number one cause for transmission failure is fluid failure. And the number one cause for fluid failure is heat. You see, most transmission fluids can last as long as 100,000 miles as long as the fluid stays at or below 180 degrees. According to ATRA, for every 20 degree increase in the operating temperature of that fluid, the life of the fluid is halved. That means conditions like stop-and-go traffic or mountain driving or the terrible Colorado weekend combination of both can quickly lead to a severe degradation of transmission fluid, thusly significantly reducing the protection needed to keep that expensive component trouble-free and fun to drive. So, what should you do? 
At BG, we recommend replacing any fluid prior to the point of failure. In our experience, replacing the transmission fluid every 30,000 miles and treating the new fluid with an antioxidant conditioner will protect your car for life. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Leuenberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Leuenberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it very much. And, again, question of the day, what mode do you typically like driving in if your vehicle has multiple modes? What is it that you enjoy you know, driving in the most? So used cars, let's talk about that for a moment as well. There's a lot of things that are involving uh, used cars, new, you know, whether you're buying, selling, whatever, the, whatever it is. We had a question earlier if I'm just going to transfer a car from you know, one uh, – one family member to another, or there are a lot of fees and things associated with it. Uh, you're still going to pay for all of the new registration fees. You got to get an e-test. All those things still have to be done, even on a transfer from one family member to another. But you would not have to pay sales tax if you did that. Now they may assign a very small amount of sales tax, but it's going to be very, very minimal, if any. But you can do like a zero dollar amount. You know, I'm giving this to my son or my daughter or whatever the case may be. And if you all go in there at the same time, it makes it really easy and off Mm -hmm. you go. Uh, Outside of that, it gets really difficult. Now, when it comes to the sale, let's say you sell a vehicle on your own. Even go trading it at the dealership. Typically, the dealership's going to be good. And if you trade your car in, they're going to take the plates off of the vehicle and hand them back to you. Make sure that happens. You never want to give your vehicle up with two things still in it. License plates 
and all of your old information, registration, uh, insurance, all that stuff. You want all of that out of the vehicle. Expressed hole. Any of that. The, yeah, the fast pass, whatever it is. You want all that out of the vehicle, then hand the vehicle off. Now, some of you are going to say, well, if I sell the vehicle private party, how do they get where they're going? That's their problem. Mm-hmm. Okay? You've got bill of sale. They've got title signed. Trust me, if they get stopped, today's world aren't getting stopped anyways, but if they get stopped... You know, they've got what they need to get, you know, let the officer know, hey, I just, it's a Saturday or it's a Sunday. I just bought the vehicle. I've got the bill of sale right here. I'll go down Monday, get a temp tag, blah, blah, blah. And he, you know what? They're going to say, fine. What are you, okay, you're covered. You've got your paperwork. No big deal. Now, in today's world, um, I'm sorry, take a blank piece of paper and put it where the license plate's supposed to be, and they ain't stopping you anyways. Because look at how many expired tags are still running around. They never stop <laughs> oh, you for. So really, crazy. honestly, that's the least of your worries. So <laughs> let, the, let the next guy worry about that. But you want all of that stuff removed. Because the last thing you want is your information still being associated with that car, right? That's yes. the best way to say that? Yep, absolutely. And you may find at times where a, a dealer or somebody forgets and they don't pull that. So make sure you get all that pulled before you actually trade off that vehicle, no matter what the dealership or who the dealership is. Tom in Nebraska, you're next. Uh, how you guys doing today? Very good. Um, I've got an 88 um, Chevy GMC one-ton service truck dually um, with a big 454 in it. Hmm. And it's a vehicle here that I'm getting ready to, ready to try to sell. I'm trying to get a few things fixed on it that have been causing troubles over time. And one thing's kind of gotten a little worse here. On the brakes on this, it has front disc brakes and rear drum brakes. Mm-hmm. And right now when I put on touch the brake pedal, um, it the front is very sensitive, um, almost locks up. You know, if I'm on, I just pulled up on the apron of my shop here on the gravel on the concrete. You know, and the front wheels will just lock up right away. It's very touchy, and there's nothing to the essentially nothing to the rear. Okay, and it's been doing that for a while, but progressively, I think getting worse. Uh, where would I start to to look on that? I would start the master cylinder under the hood there. Proportioning valve, probably. Yeah, Yeah, that's where I would start. But also make sure your calipers are loose, you know. So a lot of times the pins will just freeze up and kind of cause them to be a little sensitive. But usually on that truck, like John said, it's the proportioning valve. Does it have the goofy uh, analog brake on? I don't remember on the dualies if they had the analog brake, the little black box that's attached up by where the uh, master cylinder is. Does it have that or not? No, I'm looking at it here right now no there's nothing there okay. um just see the brake reservoir and then the master cylinder behind it there but i don't see any other thing anything out of the ordinary is that okay. proportioning valve is that what's right behind the the reservoir unit? no that's the hydro boost system which those are very touchy brake wise anyways because that's got the hydro boost on it that runs off the power steering pump that's where all the boost for the brakes is coming from the proportioning valve will oh, be I down on the frame okay driver's down. side yeah, you kind of see the lines Driver's coming out of the master and going down the They'll go to the a little brass-looking thing. Yeah, a like little a, rectangle. Like a big T-looking thing, yeah, rectangular exactly. thing with lines coming in and out of it. Okay. and they'll Some of them have a little electrical little... Uh, terminal even on them. I think that Chevy that particular year, I think, had a little electrical terminal on it as well. Yeah, because that was for the brake light they had a, switch. Yeah, they had a sensor on them, yes. Okay. But it's in. It's down underneath on the left on the left side. You'll see yeah, it on top the of the right frame there. Yeah, just look right below the cylinder. You'll see. Are you looking at the car now? Yes, I am. Yeah, just just look down from the cylinder, follow the lines, it'll go right into the proportioning valve. Okay, the lines that are coming out of the... Uh, master cylinder. The master cylinder and stuff there. So They'll go down okay. to a block. There's a big block that it goes into. That's the proportioning valve. 
Yeah. Okay. And if I'll those get stuck, those. it's sending all of. Typically, you want about seventy. That truck had sixty to seventy percent going front. The rest rear. It sounds like you've got all going to the front. Right. Now, the other thing to check like. before you do all of that, even, is make sure the rear brakes are adjusted up. Because the other problem on drum brakes is they typically don't ever adjust. Because typically they adjust when you back up and apply the brake. A lot of guys never push on the brake when you're backing up. You just throw it into drive and away you go. So they never get adjusted. So make sure that you feel a little drag on the rear drums. You know, up in the air, spinning the wheel. You should hear them dragging ever so slightly. If they're not, they need to adjust it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can guess that's probably part of this too, because it's. Like I say, we very seldom use the brakes back in this up. I would adjust stuff, those before you do anything else. Yeah, okay. All right. And it may be, that may be all it is, Tom. Yeah, okay. Well, that just... Uh, the Porsche valves on those honestly didn't go bad that often, but they can. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, that sounds great. Love your show, guys. Thank Don't you, Tom. It. Appreciate a good call, by the way. And, man, it's going back old school. I haven't seen one of those for... A while. It's been a while. Just getting ready to ask you guys what that was. Shut up, Justin. Shut up. Shut up. I had one of those new back in the day. Not a dually, but one of those new. So, Randy, what's going on? Hi, Adrian. Um, I have a 2012 Honda Accord Mm four-cylinder that I bought used, obviously, with 110,000 miles on it. And the uh, prior owner showed me paperwork that he had transmission fluid changed uh, right before I bought it and uh, it now has 196,000 miles on it and I'm wondering if I should get the transmission fluid changed or yep. just or, or get a flush and fill I like to drain you need and fill a fluid Hondas. exchange I'm I'm a drain and fill guy on Hondas just because they're usually no. a manual transmission that's shipped oh it's a manual sorry, sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry no yes. it's not a manual but the, the, the Honda automatic has gear sets in it got and it. shifts with the, the clutch got packs it, got it, got instead it. of got you it. know yep. planetary gear. Makes sense. So I've and they don't have a filter that's serviceable. So that's why I've always been kind of a drain and fill on Hondas. And every thirty thousand miles is what I do on, Which on you're Hondas. Over. And I, yeah. And I've and I've owned a ton of Hondas and I got a what, three hundred thousand mile yep. Honda. Yep. Same transmission in it. Still running just fine. Okay. So Great. Another thing I'd like to brag just for a second, I had a um Bought a set of Michelin Defenders, mm-hmm. um, and I just now got them replaced, and they had over 90,000 miles on them and still had 530-second tread left. Holy cow. Good for you. Yeah. Very happy with Defenders. Yeah, um, I'd say so. I've had great luck with Hot dog. Too. Good for you. Uh, last question is, I live up in Northland, and I want to know a good independent repair shop I could... Uh, You'd recommend me taking my vehicle to maybe one that specializes in Hondas? Randy, drive to Boulder. See the two guys that are sitting here now. That's your easiest thing. It's not that far of a drive. Just drive up to Boulder. They're on the east east end of Boulder anyways. You're not driving all the way into town. You're from there in only about a 25-minute drive in is all. All right. And what's the name of the shop then? Legacy Automotive. They're in Boulder. What's your number, Josh? 303-396-0555. Got it. All right, man. Thank you for all right, Randy. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for that as well. Uh, John and Cheyenne, what's up? Hey, John. On my 2011 Ram, Mm -hmm. when I first started in the morning, the traction control light is on and it won't go out. But as soon as I turn it off the first time and restart it, it's out and then it stays out for the rest of the day. Weird. 
Exactly. Ideas? I have to talk to it. That's... Yeah, scan it, look, see what it's doing, what's it thinking, why is it doing that? I don't know, top of my head. What year's the truck? 2011. Okay. 2011? Is that a Fickham truck? No. No? That's a gas engine truck. No, the, the body control module. Oh, the body, body control, control module. module. Uh, probably is, yes. Body control model. Yeah. BCM. Or tip, um, tip em. Tip em. Tip em yeah. truck. Yeah, they were on the few. Well, 2011? I don't know if that has one or not. John, is there a big box on the side of the fuse box up front? Uh, not sure, but I can look the next time I'm not driving. Look and see um, if, if it is. That's what Justin's alluding to. And they had issues with some of those that mounted on the side of the fuse box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, I got a guy that uh, that I work with that can put the up-to-date scan tool on it. Should yeah, that and then and that one, again, again, that one, uh, if I'm just going to say it as it is. You're not going to like me saying this, but if it needs that module, just put the fuse box module assembly in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Don't don't do just okay. that module. Do the whole thing and get it from Chrysler. Okay. Yeah, buy a Chrysler unit. Thank you. Be ready to get a second one. <laughs> and it, well, well, what I would do is get that one from Chrysler and hang on to your old one. You know yeah. it works for the majority of things, even though that may be an issue with that light on and off. It will still get you by if you needed it. I would if you get a new right. if if that's what it ends up being. You're going to put a new one in it. To Josh's point, buy a new one from Chrysler, which I bet you is on back order right now because I doubt if you can find one right away. But go ahead and get one ordered. Once it gets in, yep. put it in, then save the old one. And there's usually a core charge on it, though. That's all right. I'd pay the core and keep it. keep it if it were me. I did on my old Dodge. Okay. I had to put one in not that long ago. I'd order it up anyway. Okay. Yep, ret- yeah. Return it if the shop says you don't need it Yeah. because it may be on back order. Yeah. Get your name on it the list now. It probably is. John. All right. Well, the truck's at 222 plus, you know, 222,000. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe. All right. Two other things real quick, John. Sure. Uh, I-80 is closed again from Cheyenne to Rollins. Oh, geez. Wind blowing? Uh, yeah, but it, uh, the, the Wild Road de- website said uh, between Laramie and uh, Rollins, it's uh, due to uh, winter conditions and crashes, which mm. means... The wind came up, the roads weren't great, and I would lay 50 to 1 that some trucker was going too fast for conditions and wreck. You're probably correct. And then the last thing, John, have you tried the Sinclair app for buying gas? No. Okay. I have not. I, I, I downloaded it, and it's the best thing I've ever... You save 10 cents a gallon right out of the box. You don't even have to get out of your car until the pump comes on because you do everything right on the app. And then when you're done, it shoots you your receipt right on the app. Nice. You don't waste any time. Nice. And on a cold day. And the nicest thing is, well, Sinclair's top tier. And, um, you know, it's 10 cents a gallon less, so that usually knocks it down to cheaper than anything else around. Nice. No, I did not know that. I will give that a whirl. Yeah, because I don't know if you use Sinclair a lot, but it made me start using it a little more. I'm mostly a diesel guy, so I pretty much will do whatever. And Sinclair typically yeah. has got good diesel, so yes. Yep. All right, John. Have a good weekend. I'll do it, man. Appreciate it very much. Bill and Longmont, hang tight. We'll come right back to you as well. And we did get that email in on that Monroney we need, so I'll get that to Justin and we'll get that handled 
also. Our number, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. No one likes to be that person. You know the one stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy. And make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679, and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Bill in Longmont, you are next. Go ahead, Bill. Oh, hello, yes. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I have some question about uh, oils, different weights. What's 20W20? 20 20? I haven't heard of that. I haven't heard yeah. of 2020. There's 020. No, these are... I have an Alice Chalmers 180 diesel track. Oh, Okay. Well, I mean, a 2020, it's not a straight weight. There's still It still has the different viscosities. 
Um, that's why it's still a multi. They still call it a multi viscosity oil when they're doing that. So it's not a, it's not the same as a straight twenty weight. Oh, hmm. uh, yeah, because you'd think it'd be ten twenty or something, but it says twenty W twenty. No, and I and I just looked it up. Mm-hmm. You're correct. There's a twenty twenty for those applications. Yes, and again, it is still a multi viscosity. Oh, well, that that you use. Uh, I'm, I'm worried about getting oil through the tractor. Uh, it calls for well, if it's cold temperatures, you use that. But if it's say you drive it mostly above 60 degrees, you use DS30, and if it's over 90 degrees, you use DS40. Okay. And it's getting kind of hard to get straight weight. And I, I once Straight weight's time, really getting hard to find, yes. I, my brother uh, had Ford tractors, and he used uh, 1540 diesel oil, so I tried that once, and the rear main seal started leaking oil. A little thinner. Yeah, and it would go through a quart a day, and I thought maybe I blew a seal, but then I... Uh, well, before I take it to the shop, the only thing I did different was that oil. So I put thirty back in it, and it yep. stopped leaking. Those older, and they're diesels, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. They're yeah. They're they're a lot of those older diesels were not meant for the multi viscosity. They were just designed for the straight weight oil. Yeah, I guess I'll just have to search for the straight weight oil. Yeah, and I would say if you've got a you know f- you know a few of those tractors or even one, buy what you need so that you've always got it. Yeah, maybe I'll have to do that. Because they're not that that straightweight oil is going to get harder and harder to find. Yeah, yeah, I was just wondering about that. Because okay, it's just, as you know, Bill, it's just not that common anymore for a refinery to make that. They're just not selling enough of it to bother hardly. Yeah, right, right. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll look for that. I had another couple questions. Sure. Uh, um, how did they ever approve these new headlights? These new bright white headlights on cars. The new LEDs. Well, I don't know what they are, but you know yeah. the older headlights were kind of a yellow cast to them. No, they're yeah. There's very no, no new wh- car has wh- yellow. All new cars are white, and they're either using a projector beam type lamp or they're using an LED. One of the two, and I, that's a question you'd have to ask DOT. They're the ones that approve all of that. I mean, they literally blind you. Yeah, some of them do. You're correct. And the other problem is some of keep this in mind as well. Some of them. People are running around with, with high beams on because I can tell by looking at the light they've got high beams on, so that makes it worse. Typically, the new cars, if they're running on low beams, you won't really notice it much, and it's not a big bother. Where you run into problems, Bill, is people run around with high beams, or they modify the vehicle some way. A guy will take a pickup truck, they lift it, they don't put the headlights back down like they're supposed to. Uh, things like that happen, and that's what I've noticed as much. A regular new car, the regular white lights, typically, if they're, if they're being handled right and they're not on high beam, aren't a problem. Oh, well, I guess I'll have to flash mine at them when I'm coming out. <laughs> a lot of people don't even know they've got their high beams on. Yeah, well, that's true. A lot of people don't even know how to turn them on. So that, that's a problem here in Denver, especially as we get into next week with daylight saving time. We'll have a lot of people running around as it gets dark that don't even have lights on because they don't know how to turn them on, I guess. That and, yeah. and with yeah. as bright as our dashes, since we have they, all yeah, they, screens Yeah, they now, don't know that they're not on because the dashes on. are all lit up. That's yeah. a good point, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then the emergency vehicles, when when cop is stopped along the road, you're supposed to move over and slow down. Yes. I see that causing massive traffic jams. Yes, it does. And, by the way, their lights aren't dim anymore either. Theirs theirs are extremely bright and, frankly, annoying. Oh, yeah. I know that they're there to be seen and all that, and I get it. It's all for safety. But uh, the thing I don't – sorry, unless it's an accident, I've never understood why – Law enforcement, especially on a busy road, pulls people off on a busy road. Why they don't send people to the next exit or the next big shoulder mm-hmm. where they can get off and out of the way. If I was an officer, I would not want to be standing next to 80-mile-an-hour traffic zooming by. Sorry, mm-hmm. I just wouldn't. Yeah. 
Yeah, you got a point. I don't there. get it, Bill. I really don't understand that part of it. Yeah, but it just makes a traffic jam behind them. Yeah, Terrible. and for me, if I was the driver of, and, and that were, you know, you're not in an accident, you've got the ability to go to the next exit, I would slow down, put my hazards on so the officer knows that I'm aware of what's going on. I'd go to the next exit. Yeah, yeah, that'd be the safe thing to that do. That way he and I both are protected. Right, right. Or she, could be a she even. Yeah, well, yeah, I just had those things to run by. No, I appreciate it. No, good stuff, Bill. Thank you very much, as always. Uh, Roger and Kiowa, we'll get you in here before the top of the hour. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I've got a, a 79 Ford F-350 dually. Okay. And the rear axle uh, grease seal, the hub seal in there, keeps leaking. And I've replaced it about three times, and it keeps leaking. And I've tried to clean up the axle, you know, with some memory cloth or something. Is there anything you can do if it's that axle? The axle shouldn't have, on an F-350, that's a full-floating rear diff. You... The axle should have no effect on it. It's the spindle. It's the it's the end of the housing that would be the issue, where the seal rides on the housing itself, Roger. Yeah, the seal rides on that axle housing. Yeah, it rides on the, the yeah. It runs on the ends of the housing. Is that all nice and smooth? Well, I that's why I say I think that might be where the problem is. I've tried. I've even gone to a one sixteenth smaller seal on there. Okay. And it's still leaking. Is the housing straight? Because um, it always had a tendency to bend back in the day. The housing? Yeah, the uh, end of the housing would bend. The spindle, basically. at the you know, The spindle's welded onto the end of the housing. That's what the wheel is being attached to, the wheel bearings and all that on a full-floating axle is all going on the spindle. They would bend. Huh. So make yeah, sure it's straight. Know. The way to check that is you need to run a... Somebody somebody knows how to do this needs to actually check it, but you, you actually run a bar all the way through the housing, a solid steel bar that is does has no deflection to it, and that's, that's how you measure it to see if it's straight. But where the oh, seal okay. rights, you could go and get, they still have it, Prussian blue. It's what machinists yeah. use. And you paint the spindle with the Prussian blue, and then you put the seal on, torque the spec, you know, with all the bearings and everything, yep. and then move it around. Spin and, it. And spin it, and then pull it off. And usually you'll see if there's still Prussian blue where the seal rides, that's your divot. And that's probably where it's leaking. Or that's where the seal's not binding. Something. Or that's where the bin's at. That's where your that's problem right. is at. Something's, something's going on there. So it's either Prussian blue or machinist lube that has whatever you want to call it. I always call it Prussian, Prussian blue. Prussian blue is what I always call yeah. it, too. So Prussian blue. Okay. I'll try that. Then. Put that on the axle and... Yeah, it's it's see just it's coloring it so you can actually see what the seal's doing. Right, it just shows you that, that spot way. where yeah. it's not. That's right. Right. And normally it would rub off mm-hmm. if it's making contact. If it's not, you won't see anything rubbed off, is what Josh is saying. Okay, so there'll be blue left. Correct, exactly. there'll be blue left. Or a, a faint, a faint right. little bit of blue, which right. still, you'll, you'll just know if the seal's sealing correctly or not by looking at that. Yeah, Okay. So you have to have the seal in the hub when you do that, or yes, yes, everything put, everything put together, correct? Yep. Yes, everything put together, and put it okay. put it on like you'd have your wheel bearings adjusted correctly and all that, like you normally would, and spin the wheel around, then take it all back apart. Yeah, you don't have to physically put the tire on, but no, every, everything else has to be set up exactly the same. Right. Oh, okay. I, I would right, almost knowing that. those vehicles worked on a lot of those back in the day. I would, I would almost bet you it's bent. And then you got to get a new axle. Oh, they can straighten them. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, Nick. 
You'll never find another axle housing like that. You'll have to straighten that one. You won't find one of those. Not on that age. Yeah. I was thinking about replacing the axles. You could, <laughs> and if you has, did that, then, of course, it, it answers. Yeah, if you put new housings in it, then, of course, all of this you know goes away and you don't have to worry about it. And I think that's an old Dana 60 yeah. in the rear, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it? I think so, in that year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I thought. Yeah, that's got Dana 60. Yeah, I think it's 60s front and rear, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. All righty, All right, Roger. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Jeff and Golden, hang tight. We'll come right back to you. And that 79 means going back in. When were you born there, Justin? (laughs) 1987. (laughs) (laughs) So so we're showing our age when I actually worked on those back in the day. Holy cow, I'm getting old. All right, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Jeff and Golden, hang tight. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 